Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Utah Governor Spencer Cox is the latest to add his name to the growing list of governors around the country banning the social media app TikTok from being used by any state employee on state-owned phones. Uh, TikTok, of course, is owned by Beijing-based company, and it's uh, all about the data collection, location tracking that's being carried on. And so for me, the real question is, uh, one, what is TikTok really collecting? What is this data all about? What does it do for us? And if uh, government employees shouldn't have it on their phones, what does that say about the rest of us? Uh, Brandon Pugh is a resident senior fellow and policy counsel for the Cybersecurity and Emerging Threats team at the R Street Institute. And he joins us once again on the line. Brandon, welcome back to the show. Oh boy, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, and uh, you know, such a timely topic. Yeah, it uh, it is such an interesting thing. I know this is something you uh, dive deep into every day, and uh, so obviously, we just had uh, Governor Spencer Cox here in the state of Utah uh, add Utah to that list of uh, banning TikTok on uh, state employee phones. Uh, give us a sense of what this is looking like across the country. How many governors have gone down this path, and uh, what else is happening either at the the federal level or at the local level? Sure. So there's, there's a lot happening. And to your point, yes, um, Utah governor is just the latest of several governors in a row, many of which we've seen the last couple of weeks, uh, to ban uh, TikTok. And really, what we see in Utah, it's doing a few things. Not only is it an actual ban on state-owned electronic devices like phones and laptops, it's also prohibiting state uh, government agencies from sponsoring content or maintaining an agency TikTok account, regardless of the device. And, and thirdly, it's directing an investigation into the vulnerabilities surrounding TikTok to, to what Utah residents would face. Um, but, you know, before what we saw in Utah, you know, Maryland's governor uh, received some news last week. Uh, matter of fact, what Maryland did is actually a little broader than what we see in Utah, whereas Utah was focusing on TikTok. Maryland actually extended to other corporations, both Russian and Chinese, that could potentially be uh, risky. Um, so this uh, and even before Maryland, we saw other states like Texas, Oklahoma, just to name a few. Yeah. And so so break it down for us, for our listeners, just a little bit in terms of uh, what are the vulnerabilities? What is it that uh, has created this as a threat? Of course, most people think of TikTok. And it's like, well, they're just kind of cutesy little videos. And uh, we have had state agencies uh, here in the state of Utah use it uh, pretty effectively, actually, uh, in getting information out. Uh, but what is it that we should be worried about? What is it that's being tracked uh, and why is it a threat? Exactly. And I'm, I'm glad you flagged the first because so many people see many of the positive sides of TikTok, like, you know, funny videos. I'll admit I've, I don't have an account, but I've watched them because, you know, they reappear on other social media channels. But there are concerns. Obviously, TikTok is, is owned by a Chinese company. And at a high level, we, we've, the FBI has disclosed that many of the executives of that company have direct connections past or current with the Chinese Communist Party. That in itself is, con- is concerning. But there's also been many reports that TikTok um, has access to American data. Uh, and then 
And, and I, let's keep in mind that many of our users are young. They're kids. There's also many that are in census positions like the military. Mm. Um, so all this data is being collected potentially and accessed in China. Um, there's been some work to, to kind of close that gap, allegedly. Happy to get into that. But then uh, another concern, and we've had uh, the FBI director recently alluded to this as well, is there's, there's a strong potential for influence operations, mm. whether Chinese uh, you know, Chinese. Um, Leadership is directing certain messages at American populations. Maybe it's around an election. Maybe it's pro-Beijing or pro-Chinese messages. That's as much of a concern as I think the actual data collection itself. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, that's so, that's so important. So that uh, let's take it to the next level then, and I think this is a two-part thing. One, you know, what should the federal government be doing in terms of uh, those kind of devices, uh, and are there some legislative solutions uh, that might be helpful in making sure uh, we're not risking security uh, in the face of a few fun videos? Hey, exactly. So there's probably three or four different paths currently underway to target TikTok. Uh, and, and some are actually not just limited to TikTok. Some take the broader approach that um, that there are concerns by other applications, other software and hardware coming from China and Russia. And, and one example of that is actually a piece of legislation that just came out uh, today by Senator Rubio uh, and Representative Gallagher uh, with some uh, bipartisan support. It's called the Anti-CCP Act. It has a very long uh, name spelled out, but essentially – that would ban or prohibit all transactions from social media companies from select countries like China, Russia. Uh, and, and that would be the case until the president can certify to Congress that the company is no longer uh, a threat or has met certain conditions as described in that legislation. So that's just the newest piece. But I think that really follows along many calls over the past few months, arguably over the past year, to either investigate TikTok, to limit it, to have other federal agencies take actions, whether it be the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Um, so there's been a whole host of calls for federal action. And I think it's kind of up in the air whether it'll be, well, I, I guess I shouldn't presume any action will be done, but whether any, some action is done by Congress or a federal agency. But I think many on both sides of the aisle have really come to the conclusion that something needs to be done. Yeah, no question. And uh, so uh, one, do you think there's anything that gets done before the end of the year, anything that might be thrown into a, an omnibus or a continuing resolution or even a standalone? Uh, and if not, what do you expect to see in the new Congress as the balance of power shifts, of course, in the House? Uh, could that impact how uh, this uh, gets done? So there is a potential that something could be done this year. But, you know, like you know, the challenge is timing. Uh, we have many crucial pieces of legislation that have to pass. Like we don't have a clear direction on how – 
uh, continuing resolution or omnibus will, will play out for spending. Uh, there is some, that something could be added to that to target TikTok and, and like companies. That, there's a potential for that. But I am skeptical just because of the timing left during lame duck and when the new Congress starts in January. So if something didn't happen. I think many of these calls for, for action are going to continue into a new Congress. I think a, on a, one end, you may see calls for additional investigations and making sure the, what TikTok is actually saying, that data is being segmented in the U.S., it's not in the hands of Chinese government, to see if that's actually true and making sure that that is the case. On the other hand, uh, other hand rather, we may see some affirmative calls for it just to be banned outright, like what we see Senator Rubio and, uh, and Representative Gallagher calling for um, today. But in my personal opinion, I, I, I not downplaying what these calls are. I do think this really highlights the need for even broader legislation surrounding American data privacy. Yeah. You know, we don't have a piece of legislation in this country that protects Americans' privacy. Um, so I think that addressing TikTok and investigating that is uh, not saying that shouldn't be done, but that is just one part of the many data security threats and data privacy threats that Americans face daily. Uh, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of protections there. Yeah, I'm so glad you raised that. And uh, this is why we have you as an inside source, Brandon, because it's so easy to get caught on the shiny object. And the shiny object right now is TikTok. Everybody kind of gets it. Everybody's kind of worried about it. Everybody's making some noise about it. Uh, but as you said, it's really about all data privacy uh, for our citizens. And that's the real issue. And uh, hopefully we'll get to that as we get into the new Congress in 2023. Brandon Pugh is a resident senior fellow and policy counsel for the cybersecurity and emerging threats team at the R Street Institute. Uh, Brandon, thanks so much for joining us again. Always appreciate your perspective on this. No, boy, thanks. Always a pleasure to join the show. All right. Awesome. Again, that's Brandon Pugh from the R Street. I love that important stuff. Data privacy matters. We all need to be concerned and aware. And Congress really needs to get this done and needs to get it done right. My guess is it'll have to be done in the new year. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. More Inside Sources coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.